Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hopefully everyone is having a great day. Not so great if you're the President of the United States, who is slowly recovering from the coronavirus. A virus that has claimed a life of 210,000 people. Imagine that. Imagine how many lives have been lost because of this virus. And it didn't have to be this way. We should have been prepared for it. You know, I sit and I wonder and I think, the president probably found out about the virus, let's say probably late November, early December of last year. And you might say, well, Mark, how do you know that? Well, the president gets intel. And if it's really important, he goes to the Situation Room. And as he sits in the Situation Room, his people let him know about the virus. Now, even if he didn't go to the Situation Room, he probably was briefed on it. They probably told him about how bad this virus was. And come January, Trade Advisor told him that, Mr. President, this will be the biggest challenge to your presidency. The one thing about Donald Trump, he's a positive guy. No negative spin. Everything's good. And don't get me wrong, I'm a positive guy too. But you got to look at the numbers. You got to be honest with yourself and you got to be honest with the American people. You can't lie. You can't play it down. Imagine you're working at a factory. And at this factory, you do what you deal with nuclear power. And you've been there for, let's say, three years. You like your job. You're making good money in the area. You know, you provided you with a nice house, nice car. You're happy. Your wife's happy. And you're giving your family the life that you know they deserve. Well, let's say all of a sudden you're hearing rumors about there's a leak somewhere in the building. And everyone's talking about it. And the president of the company, or the CEO, is saying, oh, no, 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 there's no leak, don't leak, no leak. Don't listen to the, the, the people talking. That's just office gossip. And then all of a sudden, people get sick. But the president keeps telling you, no, 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 they're not getting sick because of nuclear. But you're never seeing those people again. They get sick, and all of a sudden, Sherry's gone. Troy's gone. Peter's gone. Wait a minute, where's everybody going? Some of them are being replaced, some of them not. Their offices are just becoming empty. And he's just saying, no, 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 no. And then one day, that same president, CEO, gets sick. He gets sick. And you find out there was a nuclear leak. And he is sick for nuclear poison. But he's still telling you not to worry about it. That. It's no big deal. You can overcome it. People, you can't tell me you wouldn't sue your job. You can't tell me that you would allow a boss who lied to you, allowed you to come to your job every single day and expose yourself to something that he knew was wrong. But he kept 
telling you it was office gossip. Know why? Because he wanted to keep his job. He knew that the big wigs above him at the corporate office had somebody waiting in the wings. And he just had to keep the books good for a couple more months, a couple more weeks. If he kept them good just for a couple more weeks and he kept this thing a secret, he would have a new contract and he would keep his job for, guess what, another four years. That's where we sit today. We've had a president who told us the coronavirus was nothing to worry about. We've had a president that said this is a democratic hoax to take down my administration. This is a president that succumbed to the virus that he told us not to worry about. Imagine that. And the first thing he does when he gets back to the White House is, guess what? He takes off his face mask. This guy is more contagious right now. Yesterday, he wanted to show his supporters love and support and thank them. And don't get me wrong, I applaud him for that. There are people who, I told somebody today, there are people who would kill for this man. Is there anything wrong with that? No. They love Donald Trump. They love everything he stands for. And you have to respect them for that. You might not understand, but these are the people, these are the people who were lost and forgotten year after year. These were the people who maybe voted in 92, 96, and somewhere along the line, they said, I'm done with politics because they all lie. They say what they got to say to get elected. And along came a man who said, guess what? I hear you. I feel your pain. You're not lost anymore. Let's make America great again. And he laid out a list of everything he wanted to do. And guess what? Promises kept. Promises made. And guess what? Promises kept. Donald Trump might not be the guy that you want to be president right now. But Donald Trump is the president right now. And you got to respect him for that. You got to respect his supporters. As he laid in the hospital, Walter Reed, and I'm not going to lie, I had conspiracy theory. Is he really tweeting? Or is someone else tweeting? His doctor's given us all this happy talk, but we haven't seen him. And then there was talk, well, when was that video recorded? They came to his bedside. They came to the hospital waving their flags, set up a vigil, and they prayed. They prayed. They prayed for the man that they loved and they would do anything for. But the same man you they have to know lied to them. He told them the virus was nothing. He said it was a hoax. He blamed, he called out Joe Biden, and they said he politicized the virus, politicized it. As his, he laid in the hospital, his people said, Joe Biden politicizes this virus. Imagine that. He's holding fucking rallies big as day, saying, don't be worried. This virus is a hoax.
It's all fake news. February, he was telling us at CPEC we had nothing to worry about. That the virus was going to go away. They call it the China virus and they blame China for it. This is a president who's so quick to blame others, but not take the blame himself. What did Truman tell us? The buck stops here. Well, Mr. President, the buck stops with you. Like my story of the person who worked at the nuclear power plant or the nuclear office and got nuclear poisoning. You have to tell me this. Would you still follow your president CEO if he lied to you and it cost you your life? This man knew on Wednesday that he was he was in close close contact with somebody who got diagnosed with COVID and he still went to a fundraiser. He went to a fundraiser. Don't get me wrong. This is an election. The polls are tight. He's fighting for his political life right now. But he got sick. Can you imagine if Donald Trump would have came out after Tuesday and said, I contacted the COVID I contacted COVID-19. I'm gonna have to campaign in a different way. He might get some sympathy. And can you imagine if he said, I understand. I see. That's what he said today. And it amazed me when I heard that. When he cut that video, he said, I went to COVID school right now. I understand your pain. I said to myself, Donald Trump, you're so far removed. You could have read the fucking books and understood. You could have seen the death tolls every day rising and felt our pain, but you chose not to. You said your bunker. You downplayed the virus because you said you like to downplay it. And now you're sick. Now 30 people who work in your White House are sick. Can you imagine? Would you still want to go to work today or tomorrow at the White House? Don't get me wrong. Working at the White House has to be probably one of the most honorable jobs you can have. A job you tell your grandkids about that you work there. But are you, are you willing to risk your life? Don't get me wrong. I'm sure Donald Trump's an honorable man. I'm sure he's a good man. But do good men lie? Would you still go to a Trump rally? This man stayed in the hospital only for a few days and had to come home. Where are his doctors? Where is his wife? Where is his chief of staff? Where are the people standing up to him and saying, no, Donald, you have to stay here. Let the chips fall where they may. This is an election that is a referendum on you. This is not an open election. People have already made their minds up. Let Mike Pence go out there and campaign. We're going to do vigil. We're going to do virtual campaigning. Let's change it up. Mick Mulvaney made a comment before the debate. He said there will only be one debate. Then Donald, they had the debate. And Donald Trump got sick, and I said to myself, "Did Mick Mulvaney know something we didn't? Did he? Think about it, people." We have a president that downplayed something that is so, 
so dangerous and scary that it's taken 210,000 people's lives that did not have to die. Where are the face masks, Donald? Where are the gloves? Where's the PPE? You're not the president of just the red states that you told us. If you took out, he said, if you took out the blue states, the numbers would be low. Yeah, that's the same if you took California, Oregon, and Washington. You would have won the popular vote. But that's not how it works. That's the same when people said, he's not my president. No, he is your president, even if you didn't vote for him and didn't like him. Donald Trump is the president of the United States, and you have to respect that. But at the same, same time, Donald Trump, you have to respect the people that live in the blue states. You have to talk to me. Talk to me, Donald. Don't talk to the people that voted for you. Talk to me. Get my vote. Work hard for my vote. You've got that 44%. Get the other half. I might not matter to you, but you matter to me because you sit in the office of the presidents of the United States. I might not like you, but I respect the office that you hold. But if you don't respect me because I might live in a blue state, I might have a different, the color of my skin, don't get me wrong, Donald Trump is an interesting man. He's led an interesting life that led him to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But he also lied. He put himself and his supporters at risk. He's left the hospital. And the first thing he does is he takes off his face mask. Now he's putting his the, the staff at the, at the White House at risk. If you worked at the White House, would you want to go to work t tomorrow? <sighs> the people that went to the fundraiser are now trying to, they have to get COVID test. There's even talk that he could be liable for putting their lives at risk. This is no different than if the, when in the 1980s, when people had the AIDS virus, knowingly and they slept with other people knowing that they had the aids virus they were guilty of murder donald trump your supporters love you they will do anything for you but they need you to do something for them cut the bullshit be honest be honest with them don't tell them after you got the virus that you had a wake-up call and you finally understand. You should have finally understood when you read the brief on it. You should have finally understood when you got the first death from it. Donald Trump, the COVID-19 is nothing to play with. Nothing. Do you still go to a Trump rally? Do you still stand next to the man? He was a man that I heard all day that was willing to put his Secret Service agent's life at risk to do a drive-by, to wave to his fans. You couldn't wave from the hospital window, Donald? You couldn't have cut a video? The Secret Service signed up to protect your life, but their family didn't sign up. 
They didn't sign up to be at risk. Could you imagine you're a Secret Service agent and you're sitting at Walter Reed and you're probably drinking some crappy coffee and your boss comes up to you and says, Donald Trump wants to leave the hospital and he wants to make the president. POTUS wants to leave the hospital and he wants to wave to his fans. Mark, I'm going to need you to get in that car. You've been selected. Could you imagine the look on your face? First thing in my mind would be, uh, sir, with all due respect, um, I don't know if that's a good idea. The second words out of my mouth would have been, am I going to have some PPE? Now, the third words in my mouth would be, um, after this is said and done, I might need to quarantine for 14 days. You mean 14 days where I'm not going to be able to see my family? Boss, my wife just had a newborn. I've got toddlers. I've got a special needs kids at, kid at home. My 80-year-old mother lives with me. My wife has a pre-existing condition. But okay, I'll ride in the guy. I'll ride in the car with a guy who has to make a point. You have to look at the last couple days. This guy only cares about himself. Now, don't get me wrong, this podcast is right down the middle. We hold all parties accountable. All parties accountable. But if we see wrong, we point it out. Donald Trump has done everything he said he was going to do on the on the campaign. Not many politicians have done that. Not many. But Donald Trump has also proven that he only cares about Donald Trump. And all the other politicians who didn't live up to their word. They probe they care. George Bush in 2000. Bush people, Bush v. Gore. Lost the popular vote, but got the electoral college. You know what he did after he, after the election and he was sworn in? He fought tooth and nail for those people who didn't vote for them. Barack Obama, when he won the election, you know what he did? He made a, a fierce outreach to Republicans to get their support. And when he didn't get it, he stopped. But he made the effort. Donald Trump, has he talked to Democrats? Yes, yes. But I think somewhere along the line, he said, I don't really need the effort. I'm going to stick to my base. I would tell him right now, I would say, Mr. President, you need to stay in the hospital. You need to get this under control. I know right now you're down in the polls. We can't help with that. The presidency comes and goes. You're either here for four years or eight. But your health, Mr. President, your health, Mr. President, will be with you for the rest of your life. Mr. President, right now, you should just start cutting videos. 
cutting videos. We'll bring a team in here. We'll set up a video camera, and we'll get we'll we'll make the whole works. We'll hold events where you're cutting videos, where you're doing live streams. We'll do this thing virtually. And for the last couple days of this election, we're either going to win it or lose it on what we do now. And I would look him straight in the eye and I'd say, Mr. President, I've never lied to you. I've given you nothing but the best advice I know how to. But heed my words. If you leave this hospital today and you come back to the hospital, you get re-sick, Mr. President, guess what? You've lost the election and it will be a landslide for Joe Biden. You either take the risk and walk out of this hospital right now to go back to the White House and try to campaign, or you listen to me, do virtual events, and let's win it or lose it on the merit of who you are. People right now, Mr. President, have already made up their mind if they're with us or against us. But the people who are sitting on the fence who don't know about Joe Biden, who looked at that last debate, and they wondered, is he really up for the job? Heed my words, Mr. President. The man looked lost. He looked like he should have been in a retirement home. Here is our chance to shift the dialogue on what people are talking about. But I need you to I need to know if you're with me. We can still win this. I know right now you're thinking you got to leave the hospital because you're down in the polls. And I trust me, I understand. But you're either going to leave this hospital. Right now you feel fine, but heeds my words, Mr. President. If you pull back up in this hospital, you're done for. You're done for. You'll spend the last couple days of this campaign in a bed. And Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States. That's what someone should have said today when he left the hospital. Don't get me wrong. Everyone loves Jessmine. Everyone loves someone that just agrees with them and shakes their head. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes you need somebody to look you in the eye and give you that hard language that every no one will give you. You might be the president of the United States. You might be the most powerful man in the world. But guess what? You don't know everything. You don't. This isn't a podcast to beat up on Donald Trump. This is a podcast right now, on this episode, is to say, what are we doing? Tell me, would you still work for a guy who lied about a nuclear leak just to get another four years? Would you go to a rally? Donald Trump right now has COVID-19 and is contagious. Would you go shake his hand and stand by him without PPE on? I wouldn't. I'm not a, you know, I might have a few weeks ago. Get a picture. Get a hat. Now, I don't know. I don't know if I want to die. People have to remember, he's the president of the United States. He's got the best health care known to man. But guess what? 
Oh, Mark doesn't have the best health care known to man. No, I can't get all the fast treatment he got. It's just amazing to me that no one slid up to him and told him no. Mark Meadows pushed back a little bit, and he probably will lose his job over it. The doctors lied Saturday and, and wanted to give happy talk. And the moment the doctor lied, he lost his credibility. You know, somebody's got to stand up to the president and be like, I know what you want, but I'm going to do what I think is right. Joe Biden said he's in this race. He's fighting for the political soul of this country. And I believe he is. I believe also Donald Trump's in this race because he's fighting for the lost man and woman of this country that two parties have left behind. I'm doing this podcast because I'm fighting for the people down the middle who are tired of both parties. We have to change the system. We have to make it right. Right now, Mitch McConnell is so worried about getting Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court that he does not give a shit about the people, his constituents. You should be more concerned about the million, if not, or the billion, or million of people who will soon be out of work. Out of work. For what? This more this weekend, I was watching one of my political programs, and a Republican said, it's worth losing the Senate to get that seat. It's worth losing the Senate to get that seat. What profits a man to gain the whole wide world to lose his soul? You're telling me you'd rather go in the minority so you can have a 6-3 majority? Fuck that. You ask anyone in Congress right now what the minority is like, they'll tell you it sucks. You've got no power, yet you are willing to risk everything everything to get that seat. And right now we have a pandemic and the woman who criticized John Roberts on Obamacare could possibly be the deciding vote to strike down a healthcare law that protects Americans. Now you don't have to agree with Obamacare. You can hate the law, but you gotta respect the premise. Healthcare is a right, it's not a privilege. We all die. But the question is, we all want to die in a nice bed, not a dark alley somewhere. We all want medicine when we get sick to make us feel good on our last days. The Republicans put up a bill and voted on it 40 plus times to repeal Obamacare. And when they finally got the shot, they didn't have a bill ready. They lied to their supporters. Just give us the Congress. 
Just give us the Congress and we'll repeal it. I know what their supporters did. They gave them the Congress. They gave them the White House. And guess what? One Republican stood up, John McCain, and said, no, this is not a good bill. This isn't right. Ask yourself those questions. Why can they have health care? The president just got the best treatment known to man because he's the president of the United States. But if you get COVID-19, you think someone's going to put you in a freaking SUV and drive you around to say goodbye to your family? Fuck no. You're going to die alone in a hospital bed with people wearing masks who look like aliens, invaders, saying goodbye to your family on an iPad. All alone in a dark room. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Heed my words. If Donald Trump ends up back in the hospital, he's done. He is done. It's just amazing to me. What profits a man? And I want you to say this. What profits a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? We would rather lose the Senate but gain that seat is more important to us. Would you go to work? Do you go to a Trump rally? Would you shake the man's hand if he went back on the campaign trail? Or do you even get on the fucking debate stage? The man probably knew he had COVID and started showing signs Tuesday. But Chris Wallace said, you know what? We honored the honor system even though he got there late. Ask yourself those questions. Think about it. It's hard stuff, guys. Very hard. But we got to think about it. We have to ask ourselves these questions. Please join me for the second half. Welcome back. Welcome back. First half, I know we beat up the president pretty bad. And, you know, I just wanted to get a point across. Just wanted to get a point across. I mean, would you go to a Trump rally? Would you shake the president's hand right now knowing he's got COVID-19? First thing he does, he gets back to the White House and he shakes, he takes off his face mask. He's very contagious right now. I mean, I would like to thank the people at the White House have good health care. But you know, they're public servants and they basically work for peanuts. As I look at my notes for the day's lesson, um, you know, just so the second half, I wanted to. As I was sitting this week, and I was thinking, as I was sitting this week, and I was thinking, if Mitch McConnell won't pass a bill, and the biggest thing that me and my friends we talk about is, you know, they always say the Democrats put all this stuff in the in that bill, you know, their bill to get it done, and you know, a lot of politicians do it. They, you know, they all put stuff in bills to, and it swells the price that they don't need to be. So I said, and I said, you know what? I would pass what we'd like to call a clean bill. This bill would be strictly directed towards COVID-19. And I think right now, if we don't do it, if you look at numbers right now, people are saying we're headed for a second wave. And even in New York right now, Cuomo and de Blasio are Mainly de Blasio is talking about shutting down again. And I think, to be honest, I don't think this country can handle another shutdown. I think if we shut down again, 
people are already hurting. There are people who still haven't gone back to work. There are people who've gone back to work, and guess what? They got laid off again. Mark, who's hiring? FedEx, UPS. They're hiring. So here's my COVID-19 bill. And we'll, we'll go by line by line. 2000 So I know right now, the last bill, everyone got a one-time check of $1,200. $1,200. Think about it. Thank you, Mr. President. You gave me $1,200. Now I can pay my rent for one month. <laughs> you know. And this is where I get where politicians are so far removed that they don't realize that $1,200 doesn't do shit. Doesn't do shit. Probably pays your rent and that's it. Maybe a bill. So my bill would give to families $2,000 a Basically, this month, next month, in December. So basically $2,000 a month for the rest of the year. One billion. Or one, and it probably not this much. So we're going to bring it down. I said one billion. I probably wasn't missing. Um, I would say I would offer a package maybe one million, if not five million for restaurants. There are a lot of restaurants right now in the restaurant industry have, that have been devastated by this COVID-19 and this shutdown. Some probably, when it's all said and done, won't make it and won't be back. We'll be talking about, remember that place we used to go to before the pandemic? Oh, they had the best spaghetti. Oh, they had the best tiramisu. Or they had that one pie. Oh, I remember it. You know, those mom and pop shops, restaurants, a good chunk of them won't be coming back. $20 billion for the airline industry. That's saying with the strings attached. I think you give them the leeway to, if they have to lay people off, but offer those same people a small stipend or payout as they leave. Just don't let them say, okay, here's $20 billion, but you can lay also lay people off. You got to give them something where those people who are they laying off, because I think even if you give the airline industry $20 billion, it's only going to lay them for the same, and we'll be back here again with them laying 32,000 people off. So I think you have to give them some leeway, but you also have to make a point that if you're laying those people off in this bill, in this language, and you take the money, you have to give them a payout. I would do this. My next bill would be $100 billion for the states. Oh, Mark, $100 billion for the states? That's $2 billion apiece. And the reason I say that is if you don't help the states out, red or blue, guess what? Unemployment's going to rise because the states aren't going to be able to play the police, teachers. States have a thing where they have to have a balanced budget every year, and if they don't have a balanced budget every year, guess what? They have to find cuts, and they have to make the budget balance. Unlike the federal government, who can have a negative balance every year, have a deficit. And so basically $2 billion apiece. You, know, you put that out there, and you offer it to the states. You say you don't have to take the money, but you also put in language the money that's left over. You reuse it, and you find other areas in the government that it can be used. So basically, you let a time go past. You have a, a small two-week window or a month window where you give states that money. And let's say you know, five states decide not to take it for some reason. You 
close them off and the money can go and sit there and go into the PPP loan. I didn't write that down, but I think you got to have money for businesses to help them out, more money for the PPP and put money for testing and contact tracing, including test. You got to do that. Because if you don't do anything, guess what's going to happen? It's going to get worse. Sorry about that. My iPad's going off. So I'm trying to close off. But that's what I would be doing. That's what I would do. Um, yeah. I am popular tonight. So there's a video on YouTube. Trump's coronavirus is Democrats' new hoax. It's from CPAC. I think uh, the media definitely tried to downplay it the other day, which surprised me that he never said that. He did. If you go back to CPAC and you watch, the whole message was COVID-19 was this big conspiracy. It wasn't serious. We it, it downplayed the hell of it. Now look where we are. 210,000 deaths. COVID-19. Could you imagine if he took it seriously from day one? Just imagine. Just imagine. So, yeah. So, Jared Kushner. We've all had that one relative that we were almost forced to hire. Or some people were forced to hire. And, you know, I'll give, give, give Cousin Billy a job. Cousin Billy needs a job. Cousin Billy's a piece of shit. He's bounced around a lot. But Cousin Billy needs a job. So guess what? You give Cousin Billy a job to make your own happy. And we somewhat trust Cousin Billy's opinion. He ran a couple of businesses. But every time you turn around, Cousin Billy keeps giving you bad fucking advice. And putting you in more trouble. I believe Jared Kushner has given Donald Trump nothing but bad advice. On COVID. On the FBI director. Oh, fire the FBI director. You'll appease the Democrats. Nobody likes him. Well, Donald Trump, guess what that happened? That calls you to almost get impeached in an investigation by the Mueller report because you listened to Cousin Billy. Oh. Let's not reinvest in COVID-19 because we'll spook the stock market. Another bad vice by Cousin Billy. Let's let COVID-19 just affect the fucking blue states because it's not affecting the red states. And guess what? This will help us with the election. Another bad tip from Cousin Billy. Donald. Jared Kushner does not know what the fuck he's doing. He should be fired. But you can't because he's family. Family. But he's giving you nothing but bad advice. The only good thing I think Jared Kushner has done since he's been there is got you those Middle East deals. Palestine. Is a good ways to go, but he's got any other others. 
I think that's going to be the biggest, you know, part legacy for Donald Trump is when it's all said and done, is seeing what he's done in the Middle East, seeing how he's made Abu Dhabi and, oh man, there's another country where they worked it with the Arab country, with Israel. I think instead of working Palestine, they went around Palestine. And I don't blame them. I think the way Palestine saw it was Donald Trump wasn't a fair broker. He was showing favoritism to Israel. So they didn't want to work with him. And lo alone, he wasn't going to get a deal, so they had to go around and get other deals from other countries, which in turn makes Palestine will eventually, when it's all said and done, I believe, will force Palestine to come to the table. I think you have to give Donald Trump some props on that. Some props. He might have butchered the virus, and I think, to me, the way I look at the virus, it's like George Bush in Iraq. His presidency will be tied to the COVID-19 and how he handled it. It will. You didn't handle it good, Donald. And it shows. You caught the virus. The same virus you downplayed. I like my plan. I think my plan... It's smooth, it tackles the problem, it puts money in people's pockets, because if we have another shutdown, I think also in that bill, I, I, you have to include a moratorium. I think you have to include a moratorium on rental agreements. You have to. have to. I just see that the next year will really be rough. I think when it's all said and done, and I was telling people this, I think next year is going to be the true test of this country. I think right now we are headed for a second wave, and if you look at New York, see what they're doing. Cases are starting to pop up. Wisconsin is getting you know, as you could say, it's it's cases are rising. And my one take is, I hope we handle it a lot better than how we handled it before. Donald Trump says he went to COVID-19 school, he got the virus, he understands. And I like to take that with a grain of salt and say, well, I hope he finally got it. You know, it took 210,000 people in him getting COVID-19 for him, for it finally to wake up and hit him in the face. But he finally got it. And so he finally got the virus. He finally understands the virus. He finally understands people's pain. What are you going to do, Donald? So right now, Donald Trump's back at the White House. Back at the White House. I would say, you know, you you can't campaign. You need to do virtual videos. And you need to push this package right now. People are hurting, Donald. 
And Republicans, they might not like it, but you have the power to get it done where they give $6,000 a month, $6,000 for each American for the rest of the year. You got to take care of the people. Now, the one thing I was thinking, and I've been thinking, Chris Christie said this and other people said this, in the beginning of the virus, I thought to myself, you got to shut down. That's the only way you're going to get this virus under control. And now I've, I've kind of gone in my head and I thought, well, they said, we're going to have to accept some deaths. I've gone in my head and I said, you know what? They might be right. We might have to accept deaths in this country to get on or to move on. But at the same time, as we accept those deaths, we need to have health care to at least help people fight the virus. We don't all have access to the experimental drugs Donald Trump got. The, the, the one-two punch that he was given. Steroids, this drug, that drug. And now he's back at it. We might have to do this for the sake of the economy because I honestly believe this economy can't handle another shutdown because if we have another shutdown, guess what? This country might come back and be a whole lot different than what it is. Don't get me wrong. You might say, well, Mark, doesn't it kind of go back on what you said before? I know my friends would say that. Doesn't this go back? And I would say, yeah, it does go back. But I think when you really think about it, think about it. People are hurting. There are jobs out there right now. People are applying. Some of them aren't pulling the trigger on the hiring. Because guess what? They're unsure of what next year might bring. So unsure. But guess what? Maybe we have to risk it. Maybe, you know, we have stations at jobs and we, 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 Companies start pushing proactive. Maybe you get hired and your whole job is just to stand there and some PPE and get people's temperatures. At CNN, they said when they come to work, they have to fill out freaking questionnaires. Could you imagine every time you came to work, you had to fill out a freaking a, a questionnaire? That's the least you could do. At least you got a job. I think that's where we need to go. Trust me, another shutdown would be nice, but if you don't have the money for another shutdown, guess what? Like in the last podcast I said, last episode, Republicans are caring about the deficit now, but they didn't care about it then when it needed to be cared about. When the economy was good, they should have cut. We shouldn't have cut that fucking tax cut. You can't be concerned about something now when people need it now. You should have been concerned about it then when we didn't need it. That's where Hoover went wrong, and that's where FDR went right. FDR knew people needed healing, and he did everything in his power to do it. In the beginning, on that aspect, I will say Donald Trump, he pushed, his team pushed, but I feel now they aren't. One fucking, I think it's $1.5 trillion separates the Republicans and Democrats that the White House has approved. $1.5 trillion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. 
But guess what? You telling me you can't come up? People are hurting, Donald. Some people don't know where their next check's coming from, their next meal. They don't know what they're going to do. People in the Senate are more worried about the deficit than the American people. The same people that they work for. I think that's a misconstrued thing in Washington that people forget. You work for me. I don't work for you. That's what being purple is all about. We will vote your ass out. Both parties. You work for the American people. We don't work for you. You have to do what's right, even when you don't agree with it. That's what I want. I want politicians who will buck their party, go to the House or the Senate floor and say, we have to pass a bill that takes care of the American people. Not, we can't keep spending all this money. Worry about the deficit later, because you didn't worry about it, worry about it back then. Whoever president, they say, oh, Joe Biden's going to raise taxes. And there's possibility he might. But guess what? So will Donald Trump. Donald Trump will be forced to raise taxes next year if he's elected. And you might say, well, Mark, how do you know that? Because the economy, the country is broke. We can't afford another tax cut. This country is broke and we need money from business and from people. Everybody has to put more skin in the fucking game. But right now, we need to have skin to survive. People, I'm telling you, these politicians don't care right now. They only care about themselves. They only care about getting reelected every two, every four, every six fucking years. And I'm tired of it. Every year they say, we'll worry about it later. Oh, we'll deal with it later. We'll deal with it later. What did Obama tell Medvedev? Well, when the election's over, we can get something done. President Obama, you should have said, let's get something done now. Put your seat on the line. Put skin in the game. This is wrestling, people. I always say Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler because he was willing to put his belt on the line. And you might say, and my friend has listened to this podcast, and he said, well, Mark, wrestling wrestling is scripted. It's scripted. They already know the outcome when they come down the stage who's going to win. But when you're a 10-year-old boy, you don't know that. All you know is that Shawn Michaels is your favorite wrestler. And he's willing to put his belt on the line every time he gets in that ring. SummerSlam. Raw. SmackDown. That's what I want with my politician. I want a politician that's willing to buck their party. Willing to say, this is what we need to do. And if it costs it if it cost my seat, it was worth it. It was worth it. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, today, when you listen to this podcast, I want you to ask yourself, does my politician speak for me? Does my congressman, my senator, or do they speak for their party? 
The one race in the Senate I keep watching and I find so interested because I'm amazed how close it is, is Lindsey Graham. And I know and I keep bringing him up, but Lindsey Graham is fighting for his political soul right now. His shit, he, excuse my language, I was reading something. He's fighting for his political soul right now. And as I was, I was watching a little bit of the debate between him and Jamie Harrison. And Jamie Harrison was telling him, well, Lindsay, you said this. Well, Lindsay, you said that. And Lindsay has nothing to say. Because he did. He said he wouldn't put somebody up the last year of Donald Trump's term. Hold be to it. He said when he was a congressman, Lindsay, you said, you would term limit yourself. You look at Lindsay and you can tell his heart's not in it. He's just running to run because it's what he has to do. South Carolina, do you want to elect a guy like that? I wouldn't. You might not agree with Jamie Harris and you might not believe in what he stands for. But here's a man saying, the one thing you can count on me is my word. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And Lindsey Graham hasn't been hasn't lived up to his word since he got to Washington. He's like a TV preacher. He started with all good intentions. And somewhere along the line, it got lost and someone showed him money. And guess what? You know the story. He went he went to the highest bidder. He went the way of the wind. Which way the wind blows? Lindsey Graham is no different than the, than the politician that's probably representing you in the House or the Senate. I don't care if you listen to this and you're a Democrat and you vote Republican or you're Republican and you vote Democrat. The one thing I want you to do if you listen to this podcast is do me one favor. Vote for somebody that's going to stand up and do what's right, who's going to buck their party and tell you the truth who every time they get on the House or Senate floor is willing to put their seat on the line. That's what's doing. That's what it's all about, and that's what being purple is all about. It's about sacrificing everything for the good of this country and the good of this nation. Remember, they don't work. We don't work for them. They work for us. Donald Trump has to remember that he works for the American people. You might not want to tell us how you're feeling. You might have just said, oh, tell him I'm good. Tell him, don't tell him everything. Lie. But guess what, Mr. President? Guess what, Mr. President? You work for the American people. You are held accountable to us. When I was in the Navy, the biggest thing I got, and I thought was funny, if you got sunburned, you could go to captain's mess. Captain's mass if you got sunburn. And someone told me it's because it's destruction of government property. You belong to the United States Navy, the United States military. Well, Mr. President, you belong to the United States. So you might not want to tell us your health, but guess what? We have every fucking right to know. That goes for your taxes. That goes for anything. You don't have a private life right now. If you want to be, have a private life, guess what? Don't become president. Drop out of the fucking race.
I started the second half a little rocky, but I started the second half with my clean bill on what I wanted to do. $6,000 a month for the rest of the year. $100 billion for the states. Blue and red. Money they don't have to take. Money for PPP. Money for the restaurants. Money for the airline industry. And if they have to lay people off, cut them a settlement. If we do these things, we can come back from the brink. It's a clean bill. I know if someone heard this, they could probably clean it up. It's a clean bill. It'll get us to the end of this virus. Money for testing, tracing. That's tactless. But we have to be willing to put some skin in the game. We have to be willing to sacrifice our seat. We have to be willing to buck our party. We have to be willing to look at Mitch McConnell and say, guess what? I know you want that seat in the Supreme Court, but guess what? This is more important. And if they don't have the votes in the Senate because of their con big party they had last Saturday, and she doesn't get confirmed, cry me a fucking river. Talk to the Honorable Judge Garland, ask him how he feels to get nominated and not get a hearing. What profits a man to gain the whole white world to lose his soul? That's the question you have to ask. Now, don't get me wrong, you can't beat up Mitch McConnell and say, oh, he, he's definitely hurt the Senate. But Harry Reid had some hand in it, too. Both parties have. And it's led us here. And I'm, I'm afraid that if the Democrats get the Senate back, the biggest thing they will tackle is we have to get rid of the filibuster. And if they get rid of the filibuster, which I think would be the stupidest idea, stupidest idea, they'll only sit the majority for two years. Because they will be forced to shift so far left that the country will have whiplash and won't be ready for. And it's going to be this ping, 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 fucking back and forth because both parties will do it and both parties will lose control. You keep the filibuster. You might not like the rules. You might be losing, but don't change the games or the rules in the race to suit you. Politics is a war of words and ideas. And the best idea, the best ideas win. Do you have the best ideas? If not, maybe you should change your outlook and change your message and talk to your voters. Remember, you work for us. We don't work for you. And somewhere along the line, that gets confused. Jared Kushner, Uncle Billy, our cousin Billy, needs to get fired. He's giving you nothing but bad advice, Mr. President. Mr. President, you don't need to be having any more rallies. It has to go all virtual. I don't even know if I'd have another debate. Uh, we didn't get time to talk about the debate. Um, as we're running time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure. I hope you got to this point. I, I wanted to talk about the debate, but we will talk about it Wednesday after the debate. <sighs> Vice President Pence, 
and Senator Kamal Harris. I hope you watch, and I hope you stay tuned. And before I forget, please subscribe. It's been a pleasure.